You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. There's no question that, that we, on the whole in Australia, we live very comfortable lives, don't we? Very comfortable lives. We only need to turn on the TV and we'll see that is true. We've got it pretty good in Australia. We're not at war. We're not ruled by an egotistical, power-hungry despot like some countries are right now. We don't regularly face year, years-long famines, you know, like some parts of Africa do. And even right now, they're, they're shifting into mass famine once again. We have access to clean water. We have access to genuinely world-class education. I believe the, the University of Melbourne just slipped into the top, top 10 universities worldwide just this year. We're free to, to move and go and do as we want in our part of the world, pretty well in any way we please. Maybe it was a little bit different a few years ago, but we won't go there. <laughs> Here in Hillsville, we can enjoy high-quality food, we can enjoy genuinely world-class wine, and the world's best gin over the road. There's my plug for them. We can, we can purchase pretty well anything we want and maybe actually need, because sometimes it's hard to discern that, isn't it? Do I just want this or do I actually need it? Um, with just a click of a button. Aren't, aren't those buttons so tempting to click online? I'm looking at a few people and they're laughing and I know what, what they're thinking. But we can turn on our, our TV, our, our phone or tablet, and we just have access to endless streams of information or entertainment sources to enjoy pretty well wherever we are, whenever we want, whatever time of day. It's just we, are, we well and truly have things... Um, many things to make us comfortable. We have opportunities to engage in stable work with, compared to other parts of the world, very, very stable, um, excellent conditions and benefits, really. Look at other people who work overseas and the kind of safety that they experience in the workplace or, you know, super and other benefits like that. It's just non-existent. It's just not there. We really don't know how good we've got it. If we work and we save hard, we can go away with family or friends in the great outdoors of a weekend or even further afield. We can go pretty well anywhere we want in the entire world, should we want and have the means to. And let's be real, like at the moment in Australia, we are facing some challenges, aren't we? We've got rising costs, uh, cost of living, interest rate rises at, at this point. But this much is true. In Australia, we just don't face the same degree of hardships and challenges in life as the majority of the world's population do. Like, literally, if you earn pretty well anything in Australia, you're in the richest 99% of the world's population. Like, let, let that sink in. You're, you're a, compared to everyone else, you're, you're a billionaire. Like, it's incredible. Anyway, maybe not a billionaire, maybe a millionaire. I remember hearing Tim Costello, former CEO of World Vision Australia, he said something like this at pretty well every conference that I heard him speak at. But he said, simply by being born in Australia, you've won the lottery of life. Simply by being born in Australia, you've won the lottery of life. And it's so true. And, and I guess Tim's words, for me, they essentially highlight that, on the whole, Australia is a very, very, very comfortable society in which to live. A comfortable place, 
where not only it's comfortable, but comfort is sought and highly prized. Now, don't get me wrong, comfort's not a bad thing. It's, it's good at times to be comfortable. But our, our comfortable existence can actually be quite dangerous for us. Why is that? Well, living a life of comfort is not ultimately what any of us have been called to live for. We're not called to, to live for our own pleasure or we're not called to live for our own self. In fact, if you're on a journey of seeking spiritual truth today, while the experience of comfort does bring momentary fulfilment and pleasure, it'll never truly satisfy you. It'll never truly satisfy you. You were made for so much more than a life of leisure, pleasure and comfort. You were created, if you're seeking spiritual truth, hear this, you were created by a relational loving God ultimately to be in a loving relationship with him and then to extend that love that you're experiencing and feeling through relationship with him to other people. Today, we're going to be reminded or or perhaps consider for the first time that Jesus doesn't call us to settle. Jesus doesn't call us to settle for a comfortable, self-focused, individualistic existence, but he actually invites us to step up and out of our comfort zone, to walk with him in life finding and enjoying abundant life as he intended in relationship with him, not abundant life as our world says and defines. So in relationship with Jesus, that's where true life is found and that's where true comfort is enjoyed. So how about we pray as we we continue in our Idols of the Heart series and open God's word together today. Yes, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that in you is everything we need. In you is everything, God. You are everything. And God, I I pray this morning that as we open your word, as we reflect on, on an idol of our culture that is so, so strong, so strong, especially in Australia, I would say especially in a in a place like the Yarra Valley, too. God, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would challenge us, that you would spur us on to live the kind of abundant life that you want us to live, not the abundant life that perhaps our society says is abundant. So God, we pray that you would minister to our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you would stir us, and that we would take further steps towards growing more like Christ as we identify idols and cast aside any counterfeit idols for the sake of being solely sold out in worship for you and you alone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I've said the pursuit of, all, of comfort above all things is problematic, but comfort in itself isn't wrong. But when it's an ultimate pursuit for us, it is. Why is that? Well, As Tim Keller says in his book, Counterfeit Gods, the very best things in life become ruined if they become idols. This is what he says. He says, idols are not usually bad things, but good things turned into ultimate things, things that constitute our most fundamental significance and security and so function as gods 
in our lives. Okay, so what's the problem with comfort? Well, I've borrowed three thoughts from Christina Fox. She's a writer for the Gospel Coalition. And the first thing she highlights is just the fleeting nature of comfort. If you think about the fleeting nature, she sums it up in this first point. She says, comfort is never filled and never satisfied. Never completely filled, never completely satisfied. Who's been on a holiday before? Yep. I just got back from Queensland, 27 degrees for a few days. It was nice. And then we're back here and it's like half the temperature and I'm still in T-shirt. But anyway, tough. That's right. Who's been, so we've been on a holiday. We, we, we go away, don't we? We have, we have a great time. We enjoy the weather. We, we see the sights. We enjoy delectable delights. And then just like that, before we know it, what happens? We're checking in for our flight home. The holiday comes to a close. We're back on the flight that gets delayed for over an hour. And then we're back home to the real world. Our holiday comes to the end. Now, maybe I'm alone in this. Maybe, maybe comfort is too much of an idol for me. I don't know. But what's one of the first things a lot of people do when they come back from holiday, after unpacking and that sort of thing? Maybe the next day. What's the, what's the thing you do? Plan the next holiday. You've got it. That's exactly right. It's, it's so common that as soon as we get back, we've had this great experience and then we get back to, to um, toilet training and other things and we go, oh man, I think we should plan this next holiday. It's so true, isn't it? Start looking to book the next holiday. And, and I guess this is, this, is, this is a good illustration to highlight the problem with having comfort as, as something to bring you ultimate meaning and pleasure and all those kind of things because it's never filled and it's never satisfied. You know, we went away, we stayed with some friends, we went out for dinner in Brisbane, we had the best time, but it came to an end. And it didn't fill and it didn't fully satisfy. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you've had that experience before. We get a temporary fill and then it's gone. It's over. It's done. And then we're left wanting. So we, we so easily become kind of consumed or driven with planning the next thing or experience to get the same fulfilment and pleasure. You know, maybe for you, the ice cream. Get a beautiful tub of ice cream, $28 or something now, aren't they? Something like that. And it eventually runs out and then you're like, man, I better save for the next tub of ice cream. The Netflix series we've been binge watching comes to an end. Our midday siestas cut short because little Johnny wakes up screaming. Maybe our lovemaking session with our spouse eventually ends. Comfort, pleasure, it's only ever temporary, fleeting, never filled, never satisfied. A life lived for comfort, to use the words of the writer of the Ecclesiastes in chapter 1-2, feels utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. The pursuit of comfort never ends and never ultimately satisfies. As Christina Fox says, when the comfort experience comes to an end, we're still the same person with the same problems. The idol of comfort only provides a temporary stay. It can never fill the void. That's why we find ourselves needing more and more of whatever that pleasure is. It's an idol whose hunger is never satiated. So true. That's the first. And here's another reason the pursuit of comfort is problematic. We think we have a right to pleasure 
and comfort. We think we have a right to pleasure and comfort. I, I encourage you this week, look at any and every advertising that comes your way on your device, on the billboard as you're driving to work or whatever it is in the magazine that you might be reading um, on your craft and, and knitting or something, I guarantee you will find a common line of messaging. It'll be essentially, you deserve this. You deserve this. Um, take time out for you. Enjoy this experience. It's going to be good for you. This will bring you pleasure. Go do this for you. We live in a society that nowadays it tells us really that pleasure and comfort is our right to be enjoyed. Our right to be enjoyed. That we're entitled, in a sense, to enjoy comfort. Now, that's all well and good, and it might go well for a week or two, but who knows from experience that that's not how life works. It doesn't actually work that way. Every single day, we face many, many things that stop or derail our quest for or experience of comfort, don't we? Think about this. Parents, you're sitting down at the end of a long, hard day of investing in young children. You've just made your cuppa. You've got your sneaky Tim Tams out of the hidden container so the kids can't get them. And you're sitting down. Your TV show goes on just to have half an hour to yourself. And then what happens? You hear from the other room, Mom! Mom! I can't sleep! Obviously. <laughs> and so what, what, what goes through our heads, parents? If comfort's an idol for us, what, what's going on? We're thinking, oh, we start resenting that child, don't we? We're like, oh, you inconsiderate little wrench. You know, we might respond back quickly and harshly in anger toward our child. We might... Perhaps even in that moment of just utter frustration after having a hard day. Um, and by the way, thank you to my, my parents and in-laws who looked after our kids so we could go away. They're probably, this is probably describing their experience over the last few days. But we might, in that moment of utter frustration, see our child as, as an obstacle, as an obstacle, a sinful little wretch who's obviously hell-bent on keeping us from experiencing the comfort and pleasure that we've earned, that we deserve. And all the parents said, amen. No, the, the effects of, of comfort as a right doesn't only show on, on a personal level, but also shows on, on the, um, the macro level, the societal level as well. If you chat with anyone across, across Australia pretty well now, who's a part of a not-for-profit, a sporting club, men's shed, lion's club, whatever, any one of them, church, whatever, they'll tell you the very same thing. They will say that the numbers of people volunteering, serving other people, has plummeted drastically. That's what they'll say. You chat with anyone. Go chat with the men's shed. They'll say that. You go chat with the local sporting clubs. They'll sign you up on the spot to come and help them out. Like, the, the numbers of people volunteering are down. Of course, COVID had a big part to play in that, and but if you look at the stats, because I have, if you look at the stats prior to COVID, it was on a downward trend. COVID only accelerated that trend, really. Tragically, and this is the effect of it, isn't it? This, this comfort as an idol um, is that tragically many people in our society are just not getting the love and the care and the support that they need, that they need from other people because 
Too many Australians are caught up in pursuing and enjoying, and I think guarding fiercely their right to comfort. Yeah? Okay, here's the third, and then I'll share the solution. The, the pursuit of comfort is problematic because the more we pursue them, the more they pursue us. This is what Christina Fox means by this. She says, The more we pursue our comforts and pleasures, the more they pursue us. They become our taskmaster, ruling our life. And this is true, and this is a great observation. This is true of all idols. doesn't matter what it is. This is true of all idols. Now, you might have thought about this before, and I, and I hadn't really until I was prepping for this series, but I believe that this is why God, when he shared the Ten Commandments to encourage the Israelites to live their lives well, he gave this commandment first in Exodus 20 and verse 3. You shall have no other gods before or besides me. Well, what happens if we have other gods before him? If we have any other god, if we have any other thing, a possession, a pursuit, anything before God, it will never bring us that very thing that we're actually looking for. That's what God's saying from the outset. He's saying, guys, if you, have any, if you worship anything before me, it's not going to go well for you. And that's why he starts the Ten Commandments with that foundational um, command. It won't bring us. Worshipping any other God won't bring us the sense of freedom and purpose and identity that we're actually pursuing it to provide for us. It, it promises a lot but fails to deliver. You know what I'm saying? Instead, we'll find ourselves increasingly bound by the pursuit of comfort, never filled and never satisfied, ultimately unfulfilled, not living life to the full at all. Now, here's the thing, friends, and if you're not yet a follower of Jesus today, don't harden your heart to these words. I just ask you to think on them. Just think on them. Think on these words. Consider them. Allow them to speak to and impact your heart. Regardless of where you stand with Jesus today, hear this, only in relationship with Jesus is life and ultimate comfort ever found. Only in relationship with Jesus is life and ultimate comfort ever found. Jesus said himself in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this passage, some of us might have heard this before. John 3, 16 to 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Friends, this is actually true comfort. This is painting a picture of what true fulfilling, life-changing comfort actually is. The comfort that Jesus offers is not a, a temporary reality, a temporary stay, as Christina Fox says, something that we can experience as, as long as our holiday or favourite Netflix series or tub of ice cream or wonderful game of AFL, whatever it is, lasts. But Jesus' comfort is an eternal reality an eternal reality, to be enjoyed fully in this life or partly in this life and then to be fully realised one day, as we were singing today, when 
in our last breath, our dying breath, we're depending on him and it'll be fully realised forevermore in eternity. And, you know, I think that's really encouraging, isn't it? Because we know that this is true. You know, living in this world is not easy to do. It's not an easy gig. It's tough. As much as we're told that this life is meant to be comfortable and easy and smooth sailing and pave your own way and work hard and it'll just go well for you, we know from experience that that's not the way that it always goes. Sometimes it does. A lot of the time it doesn't. This life can be really tough. And especially this life can be tough if we go against the grain and choose to not fully reject the comfort that the world promotes, but put it in its right place below the comfort that's found in relationship with Jesus. Because, you know, life walking with Jesus is not always smooth sailing, but it is always life lived best. You know, we might face persecution, as 2 Timothy 3, 12 to 13 says. He, he writes, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's a given. If you're living a godly life following Jesus, you are going to face persecution one way or the other. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And as we know, sometimes the most evil people in this life prosper. They look like they've got it. They have the smooth sailing, all the dollars, all the, all the cars, all the glitz, all the glamour. But as we know and as we can hold on to as believers... God is also is God of love and he's also a just God as well. And he will repay evil for evil and good for good. So living to love God and love other people, it can be really uncomfortable, can't it? Costly to us, in fact. The very opposite of comfortable. Think about this. No, it's not comfortable to love our enemies. Who loves loving their enemies? <laughs> no one. And yet Jesus calls us to do just that. It's not comfortable for us to make financial sacrifices, is it? And yet Jesus often calls us to do so, as we have done this morning, in actually caring for other people and spreading the gospel. It's not comfortable for us to bear one, another, one another's burdens, is it? It's not a comfortable thing. We've got to, we've got to forego our own comfort, in a sense, in order to go and be a comforter, for someone else. It's not an easy thing, and yet Jesus calls us to do that. And it's not comfortable to forgive other people who have hurt us deeply. That's not a comfortable thing. And yet Jesus calls us to do that too. All of us, every single one of us, especially me, we're guilty of not doing the above. We've all chosen countless times to stay well within our comfort zone, haven't we? Pursuing and enjoying comfort instead of actually foregoing some of our comfort in order to love others, if we're honest. Now, here's the thing. We do, but Jesus didn't. We do. We regularly do this, but Jesus never did. He never once had anything before his father. He never once had any idol before God. He always did what he saw his father doing, no matter the price, no matter how uncomfortable it would make him be and feel. Think about this. What, what is the most comfortable place that any of us could ever possibly experience? 
What's the most comfortable place? Experience. Bed? It's pretty good. I like my bed. Emma mattress, very good. Um, heaven. Heaven is the most comfortable, comforting, completely perfect, peaceful place in existence. It's, that's just the reality, isn't it? And being in the very presence of God. And, and um, Jennifer Sum, she's a writer for Practical Christianity, she, she writes it this way. She says, The Son of God left the comforts of his perfect Father in heaven to come down and live with imperfect people in a messy, defiled world so that he could demonstrate what it means to love others more than ourselves, to the point of dying on the cross for us. Jesus chose to deny his own tremendous power and live in absolute humility, even though he could have had anything he wanted. Isn't that a powerful image right there? You know, Jesus, God in the flesh, he descended from that place of ultimate comfort to exist in a far from comfortable place, sin-tainted world for you, for me, for every single man, woman and child. Think about it. You know, Jesus didn't live in a palace. Where, where did they go when they were looking for this newborn king? They headed to the palace. No, no, no. You're not going to find him there. And when he grew up, he certainly didn't live there either. Matthew 8.20 says he didn't even have a comfortable bed to sleep in, unlike us. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to be served and be comfortable. Matthew 20.27-28 20, says he came to serve other people, to give his life as a ransom for others' comfort. Jesus didn't enjoy a, a comfortable existence or have lots of material wealth. Jesus and his disciples, they weren't flush with cash or possessions. And eventually, eventually, Jesus willingly endured the greatest discomfort, the greatest discomfort. He died on the cross to pay the price for our rebellion. And that price is death. As Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve to receive for our sin. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise God. Friends, Jesus willingly died on the cross. He experienced the highest level of discomfort so that all of us could find and experience the greatest comfort in this life and in the one to come through salvation in him. That's what he did. He became uncomfortable that we might find true comfort now and forevermore. As the Apostle Paul declares in Ephesians 2, 8-9, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is, your, this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Friends, I just want to encourage us this morning, let's not be deceived. Let's not be deceived by what the world tells us are the greatest comforts the greatest things to pursue and treasure. Don't get caught up in chasing after these temporary comforts that the world has to offer and promotes as being the very things that, that can be ultimate for you, that will bring you meaning, that will bring you purpose, that will bring you fulfilment beyond your wildest dreams because they won't. They won't. They're great when they're in their right place for a time, but they'll never truly satisfy you. I encourage you, embrace true comfort. 
eternal comfort as you abide in relationship with Jesus afresh or for the very first time if you're seeking spiritual truth today. Comfort, true comfort, is found through faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. We're going to close our time now in God's word by sharing in communion together. So if we could have the welcome team.